NFL fans, are you hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbooks isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. You use promo code PFF. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Min $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome in. It is Monday Night Football on the PFF Betting Podcast. We're going to have Saints Seahawks here uh, on Monday night. The Lions basically moved all 100% in the Saints direction. But before we completely dive into the player props uh, and sh- and showdown slate for that match, I want to talk a little bit about Week 7 with Kevin Cole once again. Kevin, uh, how did you feel um, you know, about Week 7 in general? Any strong takeaways? Anything that, anything that kind of stuck out to you? Well, I mean, I think the the big takeaways are going to be the NFC North leading Cincinnati Bengals probably is going to be a pretty big <laughs> takeaway there. Um, right. PFF headquarters is just, is just right in the middle of the epicenter of Bengal mania. Right. Um, right. I'm, I'm trademarking that. Trademark Bengal mania going on here. Um, sounds a little too much like bagel mania, but... Um, so that's going on. And then if you look to the Chiefs, which would probably be the flip side of the AFC, you know, it's probably one of those games you probably just got to like just flush just flush it and forget that it ever happened. Right. It looks like Mahomes is not going to be in concussion protocol, so maybe we don't have to worry about it beyond this week. But still, 2 and 4 is, you know, nerves time. A little bit nervous time. Are right. we actually going to even make the playoffs this year for the for the Chiefs? Right. So I think that's those are probably the two big stories in the AFC, and then we got the NFC, a bunch of teams that are, you know, the the winners, the all, all the good teams stomping on other people, other than the Packers, who are a little bit of a fraudulent, not fraudulent win. I don't want to say that because I don't want to get um, Aaron Nagler on uh, on us here. On but... you? He doesn't listen to this <laughs> shit. He only listens to the. <laughs> You're right. He does not listen to this. But it wasn't. It was not as impressive as a victory as you might have thought if you kind of dig into the numbers of that game. Right, right, right. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, the Chiefs basically put up, like, too many duds right now to even be, you know, even be in the conversation in the AFC conference. I think, you know, heading into the season, I would have said the AFC was much stronger than the NFC. Um, Obviously, the Buccaneers have lived up to, you know, their preseason expectation. But um, I think all the strong teams sit in the NFC right now. How do you kind of rank... Um, you know, all these teams. And again, you know, the Green Bay Packers, you don't think they necessarily look great today. They are 6-1 and one against the spread, which does matter, uh, you know, for our betting listeners here. So how do you kind of evaluate uh, maybe that 
upper echelon of teams in the NFC that are all kind of either six and one or you got, you know, the seven and oh Cardinals right now. Yeah, I think I mean, you mentioned that the Bucks were expected to be good. So therefore, they're good. But I think they look like even better than if you would have okay. expected them in a way, right? I mean, they have about a plus 90 in their in their point differential, and they haven't had the easiest schedule so far as far as the teams that they beat, and they have just been stomping on teams like they did today and under certain circumstances. I mean, they had the loss, um, but other than that, the- they've been, you know, they, I feel like they've been pretty strong. So I don't know. I think the Cardinals and the Bucks, I'm probably going to put above the other teams in the NFC. But then, of course, we even have a sneaky team like the Dallas Cowboys who did not play right. this week. And for me, the Cowboys are above the Packers. What do you think about that? Interesting. I think that is a I think that is a hot take. But I, I feel like I've been on board with the with the Cowboys for all off season, I did think they were kind of like a you know a sneaky team to be really relevant in the NFC, and they've only lived up to that. So yeah. I don't mind uh, you know putting them in front of the Packers. Is you know I think that is a really bold take though. And I mean like going back to it, I think you know the Buccaneers have impressed at times. I don't know if I'm necessarily. Th- Feel like they've exceeded expectations i mean like the patriots game kind of a grind fest they didn't necessarily cover yeah. eagles two weeks ago so it's been kind of hit or miss with them um and then of course you have the rams game where they you know lost by 10 points so i i i do think that the buccaneers are the number one team in the nfc but i think it's it, it's kind of a it's kind of a jumble between like the next five or so teams really right i mean you yeah got, yeah um, i guess you know, i forgot about the rams too so apologies right to the rams are up these, there yeah, these rams crazy Cardinals. stafford fans who will be who come after pff all the time so apologies right. apologies i i, I, I we, not, we still I love Stafford. Them. i have yeah. them i would have the rams above the cowboys and the packers right now so i guess if i was ranking them i'd probably have the bucks number one close maybe a tie for number two between the cardinals and the Rams, uh, you can flip that either direction, but it's kind of hard since the Cardinals have actually proven themselves against some good teams, unlike the team they played today. And then after yep. that, the Cowboys slightly above the Packers. But again, it's a, it's I a like strong that. it's a strong top five, right? Right. I mean, it's it's very impressive compared to what we have in the AFC. So what do you what do you make of the AFC? Are the Bills number one, and where do you kind of put uh, the Titans after their performance today? Yeah, I think the Bills are still number one. And just remember, this Titans team did lose to the Jets. <laughs> Right, right, not not right, too long right. ago. So uh, it's one of those things where, again, it's, it's kind of like you just flush it. What happened in this game with the Chiefs? Because like, if the Chiefs were going to face the Titans next week again, let's say uh, they're still going to be favored, right? They're going to be favored in that in that matchup, despite what we saw right. happen today. So it, it's interesting. I think the most interesting team is the Raiders, um, and it's because they like have a defense. I think we keep on forgetting about the fact, or at least for me, it's tough for it really to sink in like, oh yeah, they have a sustainable pass rush and defense that continues to show up week after week. And I know that they've lost a couple of games. One of those games, you know, the Chargers converted a bunch of third downs and their offense kind of shut down. But, you know, generally they have been just performing really, really well. So I think the Raiders are kind of a really interesting team to say, like maybe they really are a top echelon type of team in the AFC this year as strange as that sounds yeah Yeah, I mean I think that's a bold take but I think it's one that needs to be said right I mean uh, you know we always talk about defensive regression stuff like that it has moved in the other direction for the Raiders this year Casey Hayward great signing I think Nate Hobbs was probably the best um 
draft pick outside of the first round that we've seen so far this year in 2021. So he's lived up to, you know, far exceeded expectations that were, you know, put forth for him. He's played really well. So I do agree with you. I think, you know, when we kind of like evaluate and look at uh, Las Vegas Raiders, we don't necessarily put any too much stock in their defense. I think that's probably time to change because they had, you know, an impressive performance without what a lot of people would say is their best offensive player and Darren Waller not playing today. So I like that quite a bit. I do like those rankings um, as well. I got to ask you one more question. One performance, at least from a coaching perspective, I was really impressed with Dan Campbell. I did think, you know, basically, you know, wrote the book for how you want to go in as a 15 point underdog and play against a team that, you know, you're fit, you're, you're a massive underdog for. How do you kind of evaluate what he's done in Detroit so far? And are you kind of buying into them long-term uh, based on him being there and what you've seen through the first seven games? It's tough. I mean, I feel like he was put in a bad situation in a similar way to how Jared Goff was kind of put into a bad situation as far as what they're going to do mm-hmm. this year. So I think they are maximizing what you could do, and it's weird to say that for a team that is 0-7, that they're maximizing what they could do. But I felt like most weeks, um, other than against the Bengals last week, they've they've still come to play. Uh, So you mentioned what happened with Dan Campbell this week. So, yeah, he had the, you know, touchdown to start the game, onside kick, fake punt, and then later on they had another fake punt conversion. And he's been pretty willing to go for it on fourth downs, too. That's another thing, which is not just this game. So it wasn't just a one-time thing. He's right. been going for it on fourth and short and other, many times, much better than a lot of other coaches this year. So I do think that there's something to be said there about the fact that he seems like he's willing to take in this information and move going forward. I had in my other podcast, my Unexpected Points podcast, I had, I had canceled him when he had some bad fourth down and <laughs> takes earlier, but then I uncanceled him just a week ago. So I feel good about that after seeing what he did this right. week. Maybe he took inspiration from the fact that he got off of the cancellation list and really went for it this week as a 16-point underdog. Yeah, he definitely rolled the dice. I've been, you know, I've been overly impressed. So I'm, I am pleased that you did uncancel him. I do think you probably got a little bit in front of that movement. That was probably, a, you know, a smart decision. But I hope he's not just this, like, you know, guy who can motivate a team that no one else expects to actually show up. And that's, like, basically the ceiling for him. I do, I would like to see, you know, if what he's capable of if he has a team that's actually capable of winning week in and week out in the NFL. Obviously, he doesn't have that right now, but I have been at least somewhat impressed with um, getting that team to show up and, you know, some of the decisions that he's made throughout the course of certain games um, has been kind of impressive. So we will see. Right now, you can get 25% off any PFF subscription if you use code BETTINGPOD. Grades and data are live for every single player who logged a snap last week. You can go check out all the highest graded players from week seven and look to find some early value on spread picks and player props for week eight. What all can you get with a PFF subscription? All of PFF's locked article content, PFF's NFL and college football betting dashboards, our grade power projections, cover probabilities, and betting values. Zero to 100 grades of every single player, including the top rookies on every team. We got our player props tool, which shows plus minus value for every NFL prop. We got NFL green line, DFS optimizer, and so much more. You got to support the PFF betting podcast. Use promo code bettingpod for 25% off any subscription. Let's flip to page week seven. Uh, not a lot of great matchups. We do have New Orleans Saints at Seattle on Monday night. Uh, four points spread for the Saints basically moved in their direction. I think, you know, if you were looking at this game with Russell Wilson in that quarterback, it would have been like three and a half minus three for Seattle. Obviously, things have changed quite a bit. 42 point total. Uh, 
our PFF green line model doesn't really have any lean on the spreader total. Do you like uh, either one of these sides in this matchup? Mm, no, not not enough. Not enough at at, right. at four. But I do think that the Saints could be like a sneaky okay team uh, with Jameis. Let let Jameis fly. Let us let a, let him soar. Right. You know, let him spread his wings. And I feel like Peyton has done that a little bit more recently after being so far under expectation with their pass rate. And you're just gonna have to accept a, a strip sack fumble or an interception every now and then to get the big plays that he can also provide. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you. And I do think, you know, the only playable side on the spread is probably the Saints. Yeah. I don't necessarily feel like it's, you know, the best play. I think you could have gotten a better number early in the week. I'm not really buying into them now. But what are you kind of seeing from a player props perspective? I know I have, you know, a couple favorites. Some of our, you know, PFF uh, player props tool also has some value on quite a bit of plays. I'm wondering if there's any that uh, kind of jump out to you right immediately. Yeah, I think an interesting one is Alvin Kamara at over... Uh, 22 and a half carries. Now that's that's a ton of carries. Don't don't get me ton, wrong, yeah. but we're looking at the landscape here. You know, Tony Jones Jr. has been out. Uh, Dwayne Washington's gonna be out. Uh, like who's gonna carry the ball exactly <laughs> other than Camara right, right. in this matchup? I think they brought in Lamar Miller. But I don't know if you're bringing a guy off the street and you're giving him the ball. And they've been a little bit more willing this year without Latavius Murray there. And like I said, with Tony Jones is having been out for a couple of weeks now to just turn it over and give a ridiculous share to Kamara. So could we have a situation here where he gets the ball a ton? Maybe they extend a little bit the lead a little bit further than you think. I think that's an interesting one. And it's definitely not necessarily the most intuitive sort of play from people that are used to Kamara getting only, you know, 55 to 65% share of the carries. But I think he could be, you know, have one of those games where he's up around 90% this time. Right. Yep. Yeah. That, that is interesting. Cause you know, yeah, like you said, he has been at 64.4% rush attempt percentage split with the team. 76.2% last week. Was no Taysom Hill also. No Taysom. no Taysom Hill. That's key. Yeah. 76.2% last week was as high as of the season. Other than that, he's been between 54 and 65%. Obviously, if he gets up to that 85% uh, range, he is going to go over this uh, rushing carry prop. Uh, I'm in a little bit, not necessarily perplexed, but we also kind of lean toward his under uh, rushing yards. I think if it, when it was at 95.5 earlier in the day, we did have value on the under just a little bit. Now that it's down to 93.5, we're just uh, like... 0.7% off from value right now. We also like his under receptions, under receiving yards. Do you think, you know, given game script that um, you like either one of those sides more than the other, or are you just leaning toward uh, his over carries? And that's kind of the only play right now on him. Yeah, I don't mind the under on um, his receiving yards and his receptions. Maybe, maybe most of all in his receptions. I mean, I do think this is a game where Jameis can let it fly a little bit on some yep. big plays on some big play action plays, perhaps uh, get a lead and then grind it out and not have to really rely upon dump offs to Camara as much. So yeah, I, I like mixing Camara getting more rushing workload and then less of the receiving area. There we go. There we go. What about Jameis Winston under 0.5 interceptions minus 118 price. Do you think uh, that's a spot? Obviously, like you said, no Taysom Hill. Uh, he's only gone, um, you know, he's gone over basically in two of five games so far. Has been clean the other three games. So maybe uh, lean toward the under. Do you like that bet at all? 
Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, it's funny. Even when he had, we has thrown some interceptions, like he threw one in Washington a couple of weeks ago. There was a little bit of a mitigating circumstance of a offensive lineman being driven into his lap on it. So right. it wasn't the worst one, but I don't know, man, can you really do that? Can you, really, can you really, or, or can you really bet on uh, James Winston not to throw interceptions? That's, you know, it goes against his fundamental nature as a human right. being, right? right? I can say that I have, and I have already this year, and I have not been successful doing it, so I probably shouldn't again here, but at, but 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 by the time this game's actually kicking off, I think I'm probably going to have a little bit of action on this one, so I don't know. What about, so what one would you rather be betting if you were walking into this game? Jameis Winston to go under his interceptions, or uh, Geno Smith to go over his passing yards or passing touchdowns? Hmm... That's a tough one there. I mean, I think Geno Smith over his passing yards, I wouldn't necessarily mind. I mean, I know that they're, you know, Chris Carson is still out there. They're going to have to pass the ball more. And again, if we're, if we're leaning into this scenario where the saints, if anyone is undervalued uh, as a four point favorite, then maybe Geno Smith is just really going to have to come from behind. There's some backdoor cover backdoor Geno action. Uh, that could happen later on here. So, yeah, I think that would be the one that I would go for. There we go. I love it. I love it. So that's player problem market. What are you kind of seeing, you know, from a showdown perspective? Who do you like uh, maybe in that captain position to kind of lead some of those DFS lineups on DraftKings? Well, you know, I have Jameis on here as, there we go. as a there guy. We go. I just think his – the amount that he's rostered is normally pretty low because his volume has been so low. But yeah. if we can get – some good touchdown numbers here. Again, we don't have to worry about Taysom coming in there, stealing some high-value red zone uh, looks from, from Jameis here. So I think he's an interesting guy because he'll just be so low because everyone is going to be on Alvin Kamara. So I just cannot have him be that option right there. If you're going to dip down a bit further, I mean, Alex Collins is someone who could be a little bit undervalued in the game script where – the Seahawks end up doing well. I mean, I just don't know how much of his his popularity is going to be mitigated by Rashad Penny potentially right. being back and what the workload to be there. I would stick with Collins, just assume that he's still going to be uh, the lead back. And because of that, I think there could be some value on him. Yeah, definitely. I think people probably overvalue uh, Rashad Penny in that role getting back. I don't know, you know, what he's going to be like, but Alex Collins was what it basically, uh, you know, roughly like he was at 68% snap snaps played, 60% snaps played in week six, uh, 68% in week five. So uh, definitely heavily involved, 75% of the rushing attempts last week. So I don't really see Rashad Penny, uh, you know, getting or cutting into that share all that much. So um, if you expect Seattle to be behind, maybe that's a reason to fade Alex Collins. But other, other than that, I don't really expect uh, too many valid reasons to. Is this a spot where you kind of like uh, maybe some of the defenses? Are you maybe getting involved with DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett? I feel like you obviously uh, are choosing between one of those two. Uh, if you are choosing, what one would you like more than the other? Player? Yeah, you know, it's weird. Neither one of those guys end up showing up here. Maybe it's just a game where their their popularity will outstrip a bit the potential for Gino to put up points here. And it ends up being, again, like I mentioned, how Collins is on there, maybe even Gerald Everett or someone else could end up getting a touchdown. So those are the guys that are that are showing up more for me. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you, you could go with some other names here, which could be interesting. I mean, I don't know if Marquez Callaway could have a decent game here with Deontay Harris out, of right. course, Michael Thomas still out. 
there's a there's a good go ball type of scenario to Callaway we've seen with Winston. So maybe we can get that one or two times tomorrow night. Yeah, I think that I think that is kind of a sneaky little stack here for Monday night. I like that one quite a bit. So we will see. It's not gonna be, you know, an amazing game here on Monday night, but it's definitely gonna be football. It's gonna be amazing. Anytime that Flamus is involved, it's amazing. Is what more could you ask for? Week before Halloween, so we'll see. It could be uh, could be frightening too. I don't know exactly how it's going to play out, but we will see. Uh, make sure you check out Kevin Cole's uh, great showdown article coming out tomorrow morning. If you got you know any questions based on leverage or any other situations, that article has you covered for DraftKings. Uh, you know if you want, make sure you check out the player props tool as well. PFF Greenline, no value, but maybe you want to find some you know worthwhile at least narratives for how you're going to approach some of those player prop markets. So. Uh, check out all the great content at pff.com from ben brown joined by kevin cole we appreciate you guys listening to the pff betting podcast